Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast on a Tuesday afternoon, getting right into it here with Brian Baldinger of NFL Network, the All-City NFL podcast, Mr. Ubiquity as it comes to uh, football this time of year. Baldy, uh, thank you for joining us, and uh, I think you know that the mood here is a little bit frothing at the mouth after the uh, disastrous performance against the Arizona Cardinals. I guess my first question to you, when you watch the film of that game, are you angrier at the defense for the complete ineptitude, you know, giving up four touchdowns on four drives in the second half, or are you a little bit more flummoxed with the offense turtling at the end, knowing that the defense is playing as badly as it is and not really going for the juggler there? Uh, Well, I announced the game. So, uh, seeing it live and just seeing the crowd's disdain for that level of football and then watching it, it was actually worse watching it and studying it than it was actually seeing it live because the ineptitude on defense is at every level. It's tackling, it's linebacking play, it's assignment football. I mean, it's on every level. It's It, it looks broken. Um, you know, I, I, I'm pretty good friends with Mark Dalton, who used to be with the Eagles. He's the PR director for the Cardinals. I texted him after the game. I go, when was the last time the Cardinals didn't punt in a game? And he said, it's only the second time in 60 years that the Cardinals played a game and didn't punt. Like, nobody would want that on their resume, but the Eagles have it on their resume. So to answer your question, Bo, I would say the disdain I have for the defense is, uh, it's just, you know, it's it's not NFL quality defense at all. And they've got major issues, and they can change coordinators. They can do a lot of stuff. But... You know, that that looks like a broken side of the football right now. I just finished speaking to Matt Patricia, and he, he said that it, it it's starting with the run defense this week, and, they, and that's that's the big focus. As, as you were announcing it and as you watched it back, what's the biggest issue with this run defense? Well, you have to decide if you're going to stay blocked, Zach, or if you're going to get off a block. <laughs> like it's, it starts with beat, defeating blocks. And then once you make that decision that you're not going to be blocked, because you have that decision to defeat blocks. There's a lot of different techniques to do it. But once you decide you're going to not be blocked, then it's a question of do you want to tackle or not tackle? Because the tackling was atrocious. So you can say run fits. I mean, that's what Matt would say. You know, like our run fits had to be better. Yeah. You know, Shaq Leonard's got to be here. And and the run fits are bad, you know, and where the safeties fit in. And, like, that's that's walk-through stuff. That's, you know, that's technical stuff. But really it comes down to defeating blocks and wanting to tackle. and they, the Eagles look like they didn't want to do either one of them on Sunday. You know, we talk about whether this defensive coordinator switch mattered. Obviously, it seems to have backfired. Not that uh, this this performance is all on Matt Patricia. But one thing we did see in this game, Baldy, they, they leaned into those those five man fronts in this game, right? And we know that they're they're light at linebacker. Maybe that's part of the reason there. But it allowed uh, you know Hassan Reddick to have to drop so many times in this game, which Zach wrote about in his story after the game, yeah. his season high in terms of him dropping. The most talented player on your defense, you're not getting the most out of him. Uh, but if you were trying to get inside you know, Matt Patricia's mind, what would be the reason behind leaning into those, those five-man fronts in this game? Well, that was the answer last year when teams were running the football against him. They, they played a five-man defensive front. T.J. Edwards was most, basically the, the, the linebacker. Um, you, you, they played five-man front because Arizona was running the ball against them. And you you kind of go there and go, okay, we'll just go head up and we'll just, like, take all the holes away right here and we'll defeat you at the, point, at the line of attack, point of attack. And, you know, they still got moved. I mean, Paris Johnson and, you know, the, the whole group, Hernandez and Froholt, I mean, they moved them off the ball. So I thought that's why he probably went to the five-man defense run. I, I'm with you, Zach. I'm watching, you know, Hassan, you know, dropping the coverage and, like, well, if that's the case, then like flip Hassan to the other side, you know, or whatever, but whatever you got to do, but they don't do that. So, um, but that's, that's the downside is if they're going to throw it, then you're going to get Hassan basically buzzing out into coverage and, you know, defending the flat out there like he was um, when, when they're not running it. And so that's the downside to it. In, in speaking about the tackling, I, I framed it to Patricia in such a way that, they have these walkthroughs on Wednesdays. It's week 17 of the season. They're bar- or it's week 18 now. They're barely practicing at this point. Uh, they they really haven't had a, a regular practice cadence in terms of working on fundamentals. And he agreed that's not something you can really do much this time of year. So how do you fix it? it you know, he talked about things with 
tackling dummies and, you know, focusing on technique. But is is this something Eagles fans just need to live with here going in to the postseason? Well, I wouldn't live with it. Die with I wouldn't it, yeah. use that as an excuse. Like, I, I, it makes me sick. Like, I think Lori was sick watching <laughs> the effort. Um, this is just effort, Zach. This, I mean, there's certain, like, for example, if you're um, on the Michael Carter bounce to the outside, I don't know if that was Eli Ricks right there. Yes. You know, whoever it was, you know, at the corner, um, you know, I mean, you just, you got to shoot for the outside leg. You can't let him bounce outside on you. You, you turn him into all your help. Um, Avante Maddox was awful on Sunday, but like he hadn't played in forever. Like yeah. I expected him to be rusty. And so I think Avante would be better this week, but his tactic was atrocious. The angles were bad. He was leaving his feet, but he hasn't played in three months. I don't know. Like, you know, they wanted him back in the worst way and I don't blame him. It's been a big void in this defense, but you know, you got to know where your help is at. Um, you know, you got to stay on your feet. You got to keep your head up. I mean, there's just things that you can do that you have to be able to do just to be able to get on the field and stay on the field this league. And I feel like we ask you about this every week now, Baldy, but you know, what, what happened to this defensive line? Hmm. Well, I mean, it's clear that Jordan Davis is out of shape. Like, I don't know what they find him, Zach. You're in there every day. Hmm. Like, I don't know what they find him every week. But I, I got to believe he's getting money taken from him. He's overweight, and it shows. Like, he's not pursuing the football. He's nothing in the pass rush. So that's one. So if he's going to play with that effort and be overweight like that, then you say, okay, well, they're a man short in the rotation. Fletcher's playing too much. Jalen's – because he's not effective right now. They need another guy inside in their defensive tackle rotation. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure why he keeps dressing. He's not. He's been ineffective. Wow. When the – the plays are going on. He is basically walking on the field. You know, it's just, it's bad effort. But um, the guys are guys are getting blocked right now up front, you know. And, the, you know, pass rush is about technique. It's about getting on the edge. It's about stunts. It's about different ways to get guys free. And, look, Arizona did get rid of the ball quickly. Uh, Kyler is extremely athletic and mobile, as we know. So he's a difficult guy to get down. But still, um you know, he escaped too many times on Sunday. I want to follow up on on that because in, in these three games under Patricia, they've had four sacks, right? And, and that's, that's not the way this defense is built. And whenever I ask about it, I hear that same excuse that the quarterback's getting rid of the ball quickly. Does that carry water? Is there a rushing cover element to this? Are there opportunities that they're not taking advantage of? How do you see it as far as the pass rush? Well, I think, you know, pass rush always marries, marries coverage, Zach. So... You know, you, you talk to the great elite pass rushers in the league, whether it was Hassan or Nick or Max Crosby, whoever. I mean, they'll tell you that, look, I, I have a much better chance of affecting the quarterback if he has to hold the ball an extra tick. And so coverage and jump, you know, taking away Trey McBride, you know, the, their number one receiver, whatever it is, taking that away and forcing the quarterback go to go to the second or the third option, you have a much better chance of hitting the quarterback and affecting the quarterback. So I do think those two things do marry together. And I do think at times the coverage is too soft and it's too easy for the quarterback to make first read decisions. Let's talk about the offense uh, for a minute, Baldy. I think my, my, my big picture question here is, you know, we know what they did on, on first and 20 there, game on the line. They're going quarterback run, not, then a read option, and then the give up screen to Kenny Gainwell. Uh, there are times in the red zone when they just are not willing to throw the ball do you think they trust Jalen enough? I don't know. I, you know, I mean, AJ Brown would tell you, you better trust him. Like you're, you're making me invisible out here, and you can just tell, like he's ticked. Like I just don't understand the hitch. None of the fans did either. The fans are smart. They know what's going on. Like why wouldn't you? This is the worst. They, they've got nothing but rookies out there playing on the corners, and they never really attacked them. You know, I mean, I, I know Devontae dropped one down the field, and. You know, I mean, he can make that catch. You can make it a, a little bit better throw. He had the corner beat. But, you know, they got rookies out there playing in the corners, and they, they really didn't attack him, I didn't think, the way I think they're capable of attacking him. And so that last throw on the hitch screen, I mean, that's just a hope and a prayer that you get enough linemen out there, you pick guys off. I mean, it's a, it's a real hit-or-miss play. I'd feel a lot better about – I mean, they got down there because of A.J. Brown on a slant route where they gave him the slant, you know, and he picks up 20, I, I'd feel a lot better if I was, you know, calling a play up for A.J. Brown in that situation. 
Yeah, in AJ's case, one target in the second half, I think 10 pass attempts for Jalen Hurts. What's the film showing you there? Are, are there opportunities where they need to get the ball to AJ? Is it a matter of defenses focusing on him? Well, they didn't have the ball a lot, Zach, you know, number one. I mean, Arizona played keep away. They had long drives and long, you know, drives that were long possessions. They didn't have the ball a lot. Um, I always think, you know, if you've got a star player like A.J. Brown, I don't care if you have the ball 10 plays in the whole half. You have chances to get your star player the ball, you get him the ball. Um, I, I just don't think there's – you don't have to overthink this. You know, like there's a lot of different ways to do it. There's – bunch formations there's uh you know motions there's all kinds of things you can do to get aj loose and to get him free so they just have to make a concerted effort to do it so baldy i mean any hope for the playoffs you think they can do you think there's any chance they can turn this thing around <clears throat> they looked well i think there is there is a chance like i still think they can be a good power running football team I think there's people in that building that don't believe that's the way to win titles. Kansas City looks like they're doing it that way. Buffalo looks like they're doing it that way. Baltimore's been doing it that way. San Francisco runs more than they throw it. Like I just think they have to get rid of these analytics and just go, this is the best thing that we have. Like let Landon Dickerson and Jordan Malata just move people. Let, you know, Jurgens and Kelsey, let these guys move the line of scrimmage and let them win it old fashioned, like become a power running football team. They activated Rashad Penny for a reason, I think, and then he didn't play. So that's what I would like. I would go test it against the Giants this week. I'd go become and morph into a power running football team against the Giants. If you throw it against Wink Martindale, he's going to hit you like he hit Matt Stafford last week. And we'll see what happens. But he's going to get guys free to the quarterback. It's just. If you can make him pay, you can make him pay. But I'd go up there to MetLife Stadium and pound the football because I think if they got to go to Tampa, they can beat Tampa. I think they can. We'll see if they can control Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans. But I think they could beat Tampa. I wouldn't put them against any – I wouldn't make them favorites against any other team at this point right now, the way they're playing. And the attitude that they're playing with, I wouldn't give them – I wouldn't make them favorites against any other team. On on that note, there's a lot of conversation in, in this city right now about Nick Sirianni. What's your read on the way this team is responding to him? I, I know you're not in that room in, um, per se, but he is the head coach. He's the one delivering that 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 message. What are you seeing and hearing in that regard? Well, I mean, look, you can listen to all. I mean, you have to listen to these press conferences every day. It's lip service at this point. Nothing's changing. I mean, he said after the game, like he said after the game before. We got to get this fixed and we got to get it fixed now. Okay. Well, it didn't seem like there was any urgency in getting it fixed. Okay. And so it starts with, so can, you know, have they tuned Nick out? I don't know. Um, is the message getting through? I don't know. The performance isn't getting any better. And so, I mean, they did beat the Giants and maybe nobody seemed too excited about beating the Giants on that sideline. Um, you know, so to answer your question, I mean, I think there's a real question mark about Nick right now. I like Nick. I think everybody does and respects him. But you've got to you've got to light a fire under this football team right now. And that's the head coach's job. He doesn't call plays. You know, he doesn't do a lot of game day. But that's his job to get these guys coming out of the tunnel ready to play. Whatever they got to do during the week, whatever that is, put the pads on and go nine on seven. Whatever it is, like he's got to make a change. I think in the way that he's coaching this team for this team to change. And so that's all on Nick right now. Well, it's certainly something that we will be following over the course of the next couple of weeks. Baldy, thank you so much for your time. We'll talk to you next week when we have a yep. playoff game to talk about. But yes. uh, who knows if the vibes will be any better? Yeah, well, uh, we've got, you know, the good thing about football, Bo, is it's we live in seven-day life cycles and things can change in an instant. Maybe next week at this time we'll, we'll be talking a little bit more positive about this team. Zach likes to say every week is a season. You are a, a man after his own heart. <laughs> yes. Take care, guys. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Baldy. All right, Baldy with some fire uh, that we will unpack here, Zach. But first, you need to tell us about Rocket Money. Yes, let me tell you about Rocket Money because it's January 2nd now, and so you probably were getting emails 
uh, during the past 24 hours of some of your subscriptions, maybe mm, auto a lot of rollovers. Yeah. Yeah. The, the rollovers, whether maybe it was a monthly, maybe it was an annual and, or you're setting your, your budget for the year and you forget that you have these subscriptions. And so what do you do about them? Did you find any subscriptions that you forgot about or any that you paid for twice and you didn't realize it? Well, rocket money can cancel that subscription for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower bills. You can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something that you don't want, you can you can cancel it with a tap. It doesn't even need two taps. That's right. Uh, I, I never have to get on the phone with customer service. I like talking to people, but come on, we don't need to go down the whole customer service rabbit hole here. They'll I feel even, like you kind of do want that, though. <laughs> they'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. This is music to my ears here. I like to save money and I like to lower my bills. I like to negotiate. This is this is all these great things in, 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 in one. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. I received an email the other day asking for our promo code because they heard this and they forgot the promo code. So listen to this. Stop wasting your money on things you don't use. Cancel those unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. That's rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. I'll say it one more time. Rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. And what do you do with the money you saved from Rocket Money? Mm. You spend it on events. You spend it on tickets, baby. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting pumped up, hyped for the fun you're going to have. They've got flash deals and last-minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Somebody was texting or uh, reaching out to Zach for the, the PHLY promo code on game time on Sunday, last minute. Beautiful. The game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That means you're making money. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem with code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Zach, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. It's the new year. Uh, it's play, playoff time is approaching. Disappointed to learn no basketball game for you last night on a Monday night. No, New Year's Day. Uh, they were off New Year's Day back next Monday. Mm, feels like, you know, a good way to sweat off the hangover would have been a nice Monday night game. I mean, perhaps for others. I, I, I wasn't hungover. I, I woke up yesterday excited to well, I shouldn't say excited to, but ready to review the film and review the numbers and uh, tweet out the snap counts and my story a number of times. And yeah, it, it Maybe was. Your fingers were hung over from all that typing. Uh, my fingers love typing. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I was. Your fingers hurt. Now your back's going to hurt. I was, I was, I was ready to get rolling. All right. Um, what would you like to talk about? How are you, about? by the way? I'm good. Happy New Year. Happy New, New Year New to Year's all, the, uh, all the listeners. You had a good time. Do you watch the ball drop? No. No, you're not a. Okay, that's not uh, you're not you're at that point in your life now where the ball dropping doesn't doesn't do much for you. Correct, I, okay. I'm not a child. Okay. <laughs> okay, so so what do you do when the clock strikes midnight? What do you, uh, I th I think well, I think I was hoping to be asleep, but um, really, yeah. Okay, what, what do, does that surprise you? I mean, I think New Year's Eve, most people want to. Uh, I mean, midnight. I was in bed, but I think I was probably like staring at my phone, watching the. I guess that Packers game was still. Not over, or I guess it no, had it, just it, ended. It, it had finished. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not tuning on like uh, Dick Clark's rocking New Year's Eve. I got, I got sleep to try to get. Fair enough. I don't know. How about you? Were you up? Yes. Yeah, so I actually I set a midnight deadline for myself. 
Uh, and I, because I wanted to get that story up. One o'clock game, you're pushing it all the way to midnight. I wanted to get that story up before 2023 turned into 2024. Mm. And I posted get those numbers. I, <laughs> I still kind of operate under, although I probably would have waited until 2024 yeah. so you could use the system that well, way. Because you would have beat your goals. Exactly. So, you to yeah. Yeah, there you go. so uh, no, I, I posted that story. A little metrics dashboard inside <laughs> baseball for all you, uh, all you sickos. I posted that story about 1153. And then um, at at midnight, uh, and did you celebrate when the ball dropped, Zach? Did you did you did you toast with your wife? Uh, as she was sleeping at that point, um, but yeah, I, I did wake her up and say Happy New Year. You and woke then, her up, and then I woke up my. I, I went to see my two kids in their rooms and I said Happy New Year to both. You them. woke them up from sleeping. <laughs> well, at midnight to say Happy New Year. Yeah, I, I I went in and I said Happy New Year to both of them. Yeah. I mean, like, I, did I, you wrestle them awake? I didn't wrestle them awake. It was Were one of those they awake? Things. It was one of those like uh, they're awake but still kind of in their sleep type things. You know, I told them both I was going to tell them when it was the new year. Okay, all right. Well, at least you talked that over with them. Oh yeah, Emily could not have been happy about that. No, she was fine about that. Yeah, she was because <laughs> she was sleeping. <laughs> no, I mean, I was excited. I, I said, "Let's make this the best year yet," right? So <laughs> that's honestly what I said. Yes. This is wild stuff. Well, I mean, you should, hey, hey, wake hey, up! It's the new year. Let's make this the best year yet. Like, how about let like, just let me sleep? You could tell me this at five thirty in the morning when we're both going to be awake. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited for the new year for sure. I mean, we have so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about. We've got what? Fletcher Cox coming yes. up in a little bit. The Eagles are on fire. There is so much to discuss, and all I want to do is unpack this more. <laughs> How could you set this? Is like a trap you're setting for me. No, all I want to do is talk about you, like sounding the air horn in your room in your house because it, it's, it's, the clock has dropped it, dropped midnight. It's like waking everybody up. It's literally a new year. Like it's it's you're it's so ready, you're so yeah yes it is they when it, it goes from eleven fifty nine to midnight all of a sudden here you are. I've also been meaning to ask you about all of a sudden. Why? Is this a phrase? Is that, that, a, is that like a is that is that a, a Philly thing? Is that a Montreal thing? What is the what is the etymology of all of a sudden? Is that not a phrase you use? Well, it's not a it's not English. Uh, all of a sudden, help me out here, Julia, All is of this a, a sudden. Is this a phrase that that, that you hear? Yes. Okay. All so of a sudden. All of a sudden. All of a sudden. Chat, chime in, please. Is this a phrase they... they, hey, they hey, wake up. All of a sudden, it's 2024. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden? All of a sudden? I don't know. Okay. Let's, let's talk to you. <laughs> All right. Let's talk to you. Um, Zach, uh, a lot of things have happened since uh, you and I were in the studio together at the same time. Uh, obviously, what happened on Sunday in the loss to the Cardinals... Nick Sirianni spoke on Monday. You talked to the coordinators today, all three of them. What are the uh, what are the main takeaways for you? Yeah, so let's unpack that penultimate drive on offense because okay. this is one that is rightfully getting a lot of attention. Uh, and Brian Johnson came uh, ready for this question here. Okay, so he did say that the the um, the second running play was a great play by by uh, Buda Baker there. And that's something that they've actually run to success in the past. He, he, he mentioned they've had 15-yard gains on that and 13-yard gains on that. And he said Buda Baker made a great play. Okay? Now, we can quibble, and I, and I So would. just quickly, Mer Merriam-Webster says there is no all of a sudden. It's a, it's a common mistake. It's one of those things that is growing in usage but is not, okay. not correct. Okay, but, but the, the chat is like this isn't a phrase that I made up. Oh yeah, I don't think you're the okay. only one who's who. Uh, yeah, you're not the no, you only said, one. You said I need to ask it. you about all of a sudden, as if I'm the president of the all. Well, of a you're sudden the only community. one in. I, I, I've, okay. I've heard it and, and okay. let it go unremarked upon, but. Uh, all right, fair enough. Um, you could have asked me after the show. I, I could have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but sure, I. Here, uh, don't change. Sudden, don't change who you are. I mean, I just. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's one of like, these phrases uh, I heard growing yeah, up. It's like you know, literally is all of a sudden doesn't mean literally anymore. It's, this is this is language evolves. So, what would you use to describe how I use all of a sudden? What do you use? All of a sudden. All of a sudden, and all of a sudden. Okay, 
That's fair. I'll start using all of a sudden. You don't have to. No, that's fine. Suddenly. And suddenly. Sudfeld? I wouldn't say that. Okay. Yeah. I will start saying suddenly or all of a sudden. Yes. You don't have to. Language changes. I want to be correct. Let's not be be, uh, prescriptive. Let's be descriptive. My, I'm, I'm on a constant quest for self-improvement. So if, if this is a way that I can improve my, my speaking, then sign me up for that. Okay. For sure. That's, that's part of 2024 being a new year and a new opportunity. Famously so, last year, your uh, New Year's resolution, which, which Emily <laughs> wanted you to do, was to be kinder to yourself. I think we started off well there, maybe got yeah. off track as the, as the year yeah, went on. I can say I did not do well. In what's, that. what's, 20, the, what's the goal for 2024? Uh, to be healthier, to be healthier, okay. um, to sleep better, eat better, uh, take care of myself better. Yeah, I mean, I'm look, I'm 37, turning 38. I can't. I'm not a. I'm not, you know, a college student anymore, right? Ancient so, for an athlete, but young for a writer. Oh, sure. I, I have a long way in front of me as a writer and as a uh, podcast host. Okay. Yes, co-host. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so let's get back to that. Um, he, so are we brushing to the side? Be kinder to yourself, or can we still try? Can, can I? No, still try that's it? that's something that is always kind of uh, look. But I, I I also don't want to lose my edge. I I think I I came to the resolution, uh, or not the right. Re- I think I I came to the conclusion that by being kinder, if I was kinder to myself, then I might lose the edge that I think helps drive me. Right. So, mm. uh, the fact that I'm going to have to like, by the way, that. I, <laughs> the show, I you, thought I had a bad show last Friday. I agree with that. The Gannon show over oh, last Thursday. Right. Why? I didn't think so. Yeah. No, I didn't think it was, it was a good performance. And then, Oh, I thought in, that was a good, I thought that was a good show out of you. Oh, okay. Well, I, I didn't think so. But then in the chat, um, uh, I'm sorry, not in the chat, in the YouTube comment section, uh, there were some like tough comments and there was a response to the, to the person saying you know zach's gonna read this why don't you write that but the person said that i brought i brought a knife to a gunfight about can and, and i agree i i i was not i thought you were good no but um but i i did think for a fun off-season segment would be like me reading all the comments one day oh jeez. you know just and and like dissecting the merit to that comment <laughs> you know um anyways <laughs> the penultimate drive let's get back to that well, I also think that the uh, – <laughs> I know that there's so much to talk about. This is ridiculous yes, that yes. This, is, this, this show is going yes. off the rails. However, I think that being kinder to yourself is part of being healthier. Mm-hmm. The more you, you uh, drag yourself through the mud and rake yourself over the coals and read all these comments, the less time you're able to spend sleeping and doing the things that oh would make okay i i thought you were about to say that the less time i i could spend on my work because i'm, I'm <laughs> promise you it's not taking away from any time at work well that's the problem yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably taking away from like sleep time it's sleep it's, time yeah. yeah workout time sure yeah it's sure. affecting your mental health probably to some degree perhaps these are all important things yeah perhaps um all right uh, it's something i'll consider okay. but while i consider that let's let's okay. talk about the penultimate drive here yeah that yeah. terrible drive so that second play, he said they they've they busted it loose a few times. It's it's a play that's worked well for them. And Buddha Baker made a, a a nice play on it. Now let's circle back to that in a minute. The third down play, I think, is is one that's getting a lot of attention. And this was interesting here. Uh, he basically said that when you're in those situations, you're you're operating with three things in 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 mind. Obviously, the the down and distance the clock, and then the field goal line that they had. So when all of a sudden it's a, I'm sorry, suddenly it's a three, four-yard loss on that Hurts run, and now you're in third and 19, and I wasn't on the field. I was in the press box, but apparently it was a real swirling wind that they had a certain line that they felt they had to get to for Jake Elliott. And they needed to, so they wanted to call a play that would allow them to get to that line and not get sacked and effectively take points off the board. They said before the holding penalty, when it was first and 10. That is so pathetic. I agree with you. And I uh, broke down some of the numbers. And when they've actually been aggressive in these third and long uh, situations. This is really interesting. This yeah, is a good stat. They've, they've had passes with air yards of greater than seven yards. And the reason I say greater than seven yards is because 
like you, it went from seven to like 15, right? So I said, I could have said greater than 10 sure. yards, but, um, when, so, so essentially when they've thrown it downfield, when they've been aggressive, they've done that five times on third downs of 15 yards or, or longer. They've converted three of those five. Now there's probably some selection bias there, right? Because sure. you're only going to throw it downfield, presumably if the guy is open or you're more likely sure. to throw it downfield if there is something open, but still like you're going for it. And you're giving your guys a chance. The, the play of the game the week before against the Giants was a third and 20 conversion. Exactly. Where they gave him, they gave AJ a chance. Literally the play that won them the game. Like, yes. Uh, so, so there's, there's, uh, in that situation, they were fixated on making sure they came out of that drive with points. It was a very good question from Olivia Reiner from the Inquirer, uh, that do you account for what the defense is, has done to that point, right? The defense has allowed touchdowns, I think on what, three drives in the, uh, to that point in the second half. Right. Three for three at that. Yes. Point. So he said he, he he that's that's not a question for him to answer this was kind of what the plan was for offense which makes me think this came from Nick Sirianni and that and it's Nick the same Sirianni, thing he did in the Super Bowl yep. when he didn't go for it on fourth and three deep in his own territory it's the same thing he did not going for it on fourth down against the 49ers mm -hmm. like pay attention to how much your defense is struggling and adjust like the defense sucks if the defense was mediocre or the 20th best defense in football the Eagles would be the two seed, right? But the offense is needs to be great because yes. of that. And they're not letting them be great. They're not giving them a chance. You know, they're they're like eighth in offensive DVOA or whatever they are. They're good, but it every, like everything is a struggle. And they don't <laughs> trust. It's like they don't trust their talent and they don't trust yeah. Jalen. And in that situation, your boy, Jonathan Gannon, outcoached Sirianni with that onside kick, right? Because he baited Sirianni into being conservative there, which I think we have talked about is probably his nature. And I'm sorry, like, you're scared. You, you got to get five more yards for Jake Elliott, yeah. like the guy who was the most trustworthy player on the whole team. And if he misses a field goal, fine. Like, go. F this is a terrible 3 and 12 Cardinals team that is incentivized to lose the game. Like, go beat them. And if you can't trust your offense to do it then, then it, the playoffs don't matter. Like if you if they're not willing to let the offense carry them, there is there is no upside for the season. You're you're right. And uh, this ties into a, a few different discussions including the AJ Brown discussion, which is as as you just said, trust your best players to make plays. And I think AJ, you know, there's there's all this speculation about what's AJ frustrated about uh and I, I can't read his mind, but my guess, and I, I suppose I'm guilty here of, of, of speculating, is that, and, and this is kind of parsing together what I've heard and public comments from Nick Sirianni, is that AJ is a game-changing player who, who wants to be given the opportunity to change plays. He wants the ball in high-leverage situations here, right? Uh, this is not to take away from, 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 from uh, Kenny Gainwell, but you should not look at the stat sheet after a loss and see that A.J. Brown has only one more target than Kenny Gainwell, and that in the fourth quarter of a game, I'm sorry, in the second half of a game, A.J. Brown's targeted once on 10 passes, so 10% of your passes right there. A.J. Brown needs to be involved in close games. A.J. Brown, as Baldy said before, was involved in their most productive, like the only pass to him was their most productive play. And so, it was so easy. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not sitting here saying this is like Madden, and you can just click X and throw it to A.J. Brown, but there is a part of me that, 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 that says... When you need to make a play, you have a $100 million receiver. You have a $250 million quarterback. Why don't you trust these guys who are here for this reason to make yeah. the plays and in Devontae that situation? And Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. Yes, like, exactly. Like, what are we doing? And yeah. I think I think of uh, I think it was Tashawn Reed from the Athletic who was who was framing it this way early in the, the Raiders season about Devontae Adams. And I thought he was framed exactly right. Like Devontae Adams was was very upset with how things were going on offense, and it's not because he wants the ball so that he gets the ball. It's because this is a hyper-competitive guy yes. who wants more than anything to win, yep. and he knows that their best chance on offense yep. to win is to give him the ball. Exactly. Right? And so it's the same thing with A.J. Brown and the same thing with Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. Like, yeah, of course they're, they're upset that the offensive scheme seems so vanilla and so predictable because they should be so much better. Now, let me ask you this. Uh... And, and this is looking at that whole sequence there. One thing Sirianni mentioned yesterday when we spoke to him was that 
he was thinking about or on his mind was the Washington game when they scored too quickly and Washington went down and scored. Yeah. And he said that a totally different situation. That didn't affect what they did there. But he said you are managing the clock in that situation. Do you think that has merit to it? You say it's a totally different situation. Yeah, it was a different situation. What was they were they were, what was it? They were up one and then they scored a touchdown to go up eight. Is that what or no, what, what was it? No, I think it was tied. It was tied. It was tied. Because they scored a touchdown, like, then Washington went down and tied it. Right. But there was less time left. Right. There was yes. a chance for a first down ended basically. They could ended have the ended game. the game with the ball in their hands. Right. There. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. They were not they were not yet at that yeah. stage. Arizona of the game. had three timeouts in this situation. Yeah. And there it was before it was before the two minute warning. Yeah. So go score a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so I, I, I found that to be interesting from Brian Johnson. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, the defense, yeah, so which let's, was like. Yeah, let's not let Matt Patricia off, off the hook here. Matt Patricia, um, he said their focus is to run defense right now. Uh, that's, that's what really needs to be fixed. He gave Arizona credit for running some concepts that um, might have, uh, have given them some problems. He talked about eyes and run fits, things like that. I asked him about the tackling uh, because I, I thought the tackling was a part of it too. You can talk about scheme and, and whatnot, but you got to make tackles. And yeah, I think the uh, the guys on the Eagle Eye and the Sky podcast, Fran and, and Cosell, talked like it was like by far their most missed tackles of the season. Yes, and I'm sick of hearing. Um, that's a little strong, but I'm sick of hearing the the adjective uncharacteristic. Yeah. If you continue to use uncharacteristic in week. 18 or week 17 of an NFL season. I have a news that that's characteristic at that point. Like that's who you are. Yes. Uh, if all, if you were this great tackling team through three months, well, there's also this, like for them, the run defense, there's this crazy flip side from the first half of the season to the second half of the season. Like, yeah. Would that have been uncharacteristic in week seven? Yeah. Yeah. Not anymore. Sure. And then it was, it was brought up by uh, Ruben Frank from NBC sports Philly the uh, the second halves of the of these last three games under Patricia, the, the under three Patricia. Games that Patricia has, has overseen, and he says he has to look at the you know a, it's a good question you have to look at adjustments and counter adjustments and, and things of, of that nature. What's the other team doing? You're reacting, and it did come to mind that actually that was the strong suit, if you will, of Sean, Sean Desai. Desai. That's what we were praising Sean Desai for. In that, in in some of these games earlier this year, when they held teams scoreless in the second half, was the adjustments he was making, and he was asked. I, I keep referencing the, the reporter asking the question. I don't need to. I don't need to always do that. But he was asked yesterday by Dave and uh, Nick Sirianni was asked yesterday by Dave Zingaro of NBC Sports Philly if uh, if he regrets making the change to Patricia, and of course Sirianni said said no. The change had to be made at at that time, but. I do think this is, and, and this is not to take away from Patricia per se. This is more, this is frankly on Sirianni or the organization. I think it was a reaction. It, w- it was a uh, overreaction in that moment. It was a move made in that moment to something they were seeing. And it wasn't getting at the problem. It was, it was just, it was, as you wrote that, that day, it was kind of done just, just like to throw your throw something at the wall, almost. Well, and it has obviously backfired. Yes. Right. You know, it's we, not his defense either. You know, I, I I saw Albert Breer from. I I, I don't mean to cut no, you no, off, no. but I, I I saw a national column from Albert Breer at Sports Illustrated. It's basically saying like, you know, uh, Patricia's in a tough spot calling someone else's defense here, like. This is what they did. Right. <laughs> this is what they did. They chose a guy. Right. Either, either, either. Don't give me that explanation, or don't give him the job. Exactly. Like, exactly. You, you can't have it both ways. Yes. And we, like, we joked about it at the, not even joked. We talked about it at the time. Like, it, it seemed especially unfair to Desai, aside from like the the uh, shenanigans and the charade of moving him up into the booth and keeping him in the building. That. Like you, you did this after playing the tough part of the schedule, and now you give Patricia yes. the Seahawks and the Giants and the Cardinals and the Giants again to like make it look good, and it's even worse. It's even worse. And those first two they games give up a ninety-eight yard, or ninety-two yard touchdown drive yes. to Drew Locke at the end of the game. You know, Tyrod Taylor le- leads the Giants on a comeback in the second half, and then Kyler Murray, who's fine, but the rest of the offense, which is not good, has like the best offensive performance of the NFL season against them. Like. You're absolutely right. And uh, Patricia was asked today about basically calling someone else's defense. And he said that 
when they put it in, it was like the Eagle scheme, and he's addressed this before. Patricia has a two-decade track record in, in, in the NFL not calling this defense, right? Not like running this type of defense. Uh, and the Eagles particularly wanted Sean Desai in part because of his mind, but also in part because of his background in this like Vic Fangio style defense. Uh, so this is, this has been fascinating to see. I also think we, we probably overstate like the Fangio-ness of it sure. all, like especially what they put on the field sure. on Sunday. Like they're doing, they're clearly trying different things than they were doing under Desai to no effect. And, you know, we saw all those all those five man fronts in this game, the Reddick dropping stuff. I just like what I said at the time is what I believe to still be true. That like the the uh, panic nature of that move is not something that a healthy organization would do. And I know you could point to Buffalo moving, you know, g- giving Joe Brady the sure. play calling. I think that that is different for reasons we don't need to get into. But like. The, the, the steady hand thing that we talked about with Fletcher Cox, like if you are showing that level of panic to the rest of the building at that situation, at that point in time in the season, when I think you need to, to show a steadiness, I just think it was like the beginning of the end. It, it, not even the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end was the Christian Ellis thing. But so the, let's actually get to that. Yeah. So, so let's get to that conversation. Well, I think, we, I think we should save the Sirianni conversation for tomorrow. Okay, I, I was going to save the resting, pl- the resting uh, players for tomorrow. Yeah. Which, which one do you think? Let's workshop the show today. I think the Sirianni thing is a longer conversation. Okay. I think we've got a show tomorrow that doesn't have any sure. Eagles availability between it. We're in the morning tomorrow. Sure. Plus, I put worth resting in the oh, uh, headline yes. for uh, this so, episode. Well done. And so let's have the resting conversation. Yes, and a little tease for tomorrow. We're going to talk about a previous headline if for our, yes. our uh, passionate loyal audience you can tomorrow we are going to fully unpack the Sirianni how much yes is he under fire uh we'll we'll get into that tomorrow um so the worth wrestling conversation it was it was framed to Sirianni yesterday that would you consider sitting some of these guys and he didn't say no yeah he was more open to it than I would have expected sure so uh, to give the quick 20 second scenario here the Eagles and the Cowboys are playing at the same time. The Cowboys are playing the Commanders. They're double-digit favorites against Washington. If Dallas wins, and I, I know you can't take anything for granted, but if if Dallas wins, Dallas wins the NFC East. The Eagles are locked into the five seed, which means they would be on the road against the NFC South winner. And the NFC South winner is Tampa Bay if they beat Carolina. Or if, if Tampa Bay loses to Carolina, then it's the winner of the New Orleans-Atlanta game. So these things are so you don't know at kickoff whether or not you still have a chance to win the NFC East or not. What is Zach Berman, the travel aficionado, rooting for here? New Orleans? Got to be. Oh, no. Um, in the playoffs, what you're focused on is convenience. Ease of travel? Yeah. It, it, I shouldn't say convenience. Ease of travel Atlanta, because— then. Because you need to get back the next morning mm. in case there's a, in case they lose and it's the locker room. So Atlanta, most flights in and out of Atlanta or Tampa, yeah, Atlanta okay. or, or Tampa. New Orleans is tough. New Orleans, I think of the game two years ago. That was a really, or I'm sorry, not two years ago. The game five years ago. Now, that was a really quick turnaround. Did you make it back? Uh, I did, but this is, I mean, this is a big part of your life. That that game. Oh yeah, yeah. My, <laughs> it's my daughter's birthday uh, next week, a, a week from today, and she was born in between the Chicago, the and, double doink, and the New Orleans, and game. the Alshon drop. So I and went. You still, she was born in between those games, and you still went to New Orleans, and I still went to Chicago. Yeah, so Chicago was was tougher. My wife's due date was around the corner, and um, we. I mean, fortunately, Chicago is very easy to get to. I flew that morning. It was a 425 game, fortunately. I flew that morning to Chicago, and then I was able to get a flight out of uh, Midway that night. This was when I was at the Inquirer, so I didn't have any late-night pods at that, at yes. that time. Um, and famously, you, you knew you would have the rest of your life with those kids. <laughs> so I got back, and then uh, I was safe for a few days. I was on TV on Wednesday. and What a, what a flex, an unnecessary flex. <laughs> well, <laughs> No, but that's when. My, well, I happened to be on TV that week. No, my my okay. phone my phone was buzzing while I was on TV. Oh, okay. Uh, and Amy Fadul, who I was on the set with, mm. uh, shout out to Amy, said, "Is that the call?" And I said, "I gotta go." 
and I went, and so then, and, and so then, any, so, this so that was, was Wednesday. This was Wednesday. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm giving away far too much information here. But then, yeah. So then, fortunately, uh, when did you fly? I flew Saturday. Wow. Yeah, I went to New Orleans Saturday. God bless Emily. Uh, <laughs> and covered that Eagle Saints game, and uh, I I wrote a. Actually, a good feature on Foles and Breeze in a coffee shop in New Orleans uh, when I got mm. down there. Remember that? That was a good trip. I saw Rodney. I remember I was sick. I was oh. under the weather. I was writing a big Jason Peters feature that mm. I then saved for like a month later. I remember that. Good job. That feature came out during the combine. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember yes. that. Yeah, I remember that We one. weren't even working together. Yeah, I remember all your stories. So anyways, um, <laughs> we went down that rabbit hole because you said, where do you want? I, I, I think Tampa... And Atlanta would probably probably be the most conducive. Now I am expecting, by the, or there's a chance, a strong chance. I think this game could be on a Monday night. Yeah. So uh, for our audience, think about that possibility because they it, it sort of has to be the four or five, mm-hmm. and so it'll either be that or Cleveland, right? It, it's likely Cleveland versus the AFC South. So right. the networks are, are are looking at it. This is a primetime game. Would you rather the Eagles and the Bucks? Probably. Or would you rather Michael Dunn and Joe Flacco? against uh, Trevor Lawrence or C.J. Stroud. Okay, so all, knowing all of that, wh- what would you do? Would you, would you rest guys? Well, no, not to start. Now, you keep in mind, you keep in mind that there's some guys you can kind of don't have to play. Like, I wouldn't play Devontae Smith this, this, this weekend. He's dealing with the injury. You can have certain guys inactive. Uh, but, no, I, I don't rest guys. I play guys. But you're getting alerts throughout the game. And if Dallas is leading by a healthy margin, then that's when I pull. I don't, I don't want to frame with the important players, but whether it's veterans or your quarterback, guys you, you can't afford to get injured, uh, or, or, or guys who take on a heavy workload and maybe need some time off, the, off, off their legs, some of your vet year older players, that's, that's, that's the approach I would take. But you, you can't sit everybody, of course. You only have 47 guys. Right. Like and it's, then, it's not a preseason game. Yeah. You can't just sit guys. There's only yeah. you know six or seven inactives, yeah. and you can't, you're not going to ask everybody to play every snap. So it's, it, it, there, there are limited things that you can do. I think it means that everybody who is like really dealing with something and yes. is on the, the fence, like a Devontae Smith, whatever he's going through right now, you sit those guys. You, you play it smart with those guys. I do think there is like... Like the likelihood that you could play a clean enough game that's going to make everybody feel good versus the importance of like, what if you did get some rest for guys who clearly are tired? I mean, like the defensive line, which has been just completely Mm -hmm. ineffective over the past month or so. Like, you know, could Josh Sweat use a week off? Probably. Although to be fair, he doesn't have a sack since his last bye. You know, would you, would it make sense to to sit Jalen Hurts or or Lane Johnson? As Steve like, in the chat points out, don't forget the field conditions. MetLife Stadium is notorious for having bad turf, and yeah. also uh, it's supposed to snow, I believe. Right? So you're, uh, you know, like uh, I kind of I kind of lean towards I would not play Jalen Hurts. Wow, that's it. Like just regard, like you would just say we're just gonna take the five seed, and if we win this game and Dallas loses this game, all the better. But and, let's go into this with this assumption. And I think that that is like a, a decision they probably can't make hmm. sort of PR-wise. Like if they do that and then lose, it's like, what were you thinking? But I think their best chance of making a real run, yeah, I think I probably, I think I would. I would, sit, I would sit Lane Johnson. I would sit Jason Kelsey. I would sit Jalen Hurts. I would sit, you know, Fletcher Cox and Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat. Which of these two have more merit? You have the chance to win the NFC East still, or you need to enter the postseason with momentum and show that that you're you're getting right. Well, to me, what matters more is still the chance of winning the right. NFC East, even as unlikely as it is. But I don't know. You should still be able to beat the Giants with Marcus Mariota playing, right? There's a good chance. And then it's I, not like you're it's not like you're taking a loss. I'm I'm not even trying to do an opi optimist or spins over I don't here. feel I, I don't feel strongly about that. I think that's no. the way that I lean, okay. but but I don't it's not like uh it's not a, a take that I have yeah. written in stone. I'm not trying to do an, an opi optimist or a, or a spin zone routine here. I'm simply asking asking this honestly. Uh disregarding 
the possibility that a higher seeded team could lose, okay? And that you can have a second home playoff game. If the option is is only home playoff game against Los Angeles, who's won five of six games going into this weekend against San Fran, I assume they'll win six of seven because San Fran's resting guys. They're locked into the number one. Uh, or uh, or a road playoff game against the, against the NFC South, which is dreadful this year. Or, or I should say really bad, not dreadful. It's, it's, it's been worse. Which would you rather? Just for one game? For one game. Well, but that, I mean, you couldn't, you can't really divorce that. Like it sure. is more important to have the path to maybe getting two wins. Because you're presumably the three seed yeah. in that case. And then you only have that second playoff game if, uh, if Detroit, lo- that second home playoff game, if uh, Detroit loses. Yeah, but you'd uh, also rather go to Detroit than, than go, to to go to San Fran in the second round. I, I would still rather be the three. Me too. And I agree. The I would rather play the NFC South on the road than the Rams at home. But I would everything ra- else after that. I yeah. would rather avoid San Francisco in round two. And I hear the argument that you're going to have to see them eventually, but maybe not, right? Maybe. Well, but also then like to go from, you know, Monday night probably in yeah. Tampa, then back to Philly, sure. then across the country to, to San, San Fran. Francisco, yeah. that's tough. But like maybe Dallas beats San Fran in round two. And, right. you know, you're so, and, and you beat Detroit on the road. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're hosting all of a sudden again. I, I do say it a lot. Don't <laughs> it? Um, and, and now you're hosting. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put that bug yeah. in your head. And now you're hosting Dallas in the, in the NFC Championship. I, I know we're like 30, like 30 yeah, well, too yeah, far like, down the road. I'm, I know. For, yeah, for this team point, that is you know, like most likely yeah. if they had to beat yeah. like. The Panthers tomorrow, yeah. they would lose. But I, I was listening to, uh, and this is, I, I, I know we're tight on time here. I was listening to the Kelsey podcast when they had uh, Donna Kelsey and Ed Kelsey and Kylie Kelsey on. And they were telling a story one time how Jason was left at a rest stop. And, uh, and they got onto the freeway or the interstate. And the next exit wasn't for like 30 miles. No way. So they had to make a, I, a U-turn. But Ed Kelsey got out of the car and he, and he ran back to the rest stop. Oh, and, instead of oh, interesting. And, uh, Donna Kelsey said that, and this that, is pre phones, obviously. Yeah, Donna Kelsey said that Ed ran two miles, and Jason and Travis are like, "There's no way that man <laughs> ran two miles." <laughs> and they said this story keeps getting more. You know, eventually it's going to be he ran all the way back to Cleveland. Right. Um, but uh, no, I I bring that up as as why I was saying when I said that this is like 30 exits down the road. Like, yeah. uh, I can't imagine of having to turn around and the next exit's 30 miles away, right. and you're like, "Oh goodness, yeah." So, mm, okay. All right. Well, we have a lot to talk about tomorrow, mm-hmm. but for now, uh, we are going to pivot to getting Fletcher Cox on in just a minute. Before we do that, we got to talk about bagels and co. Uh, I had a bagel this morning. Great. Great way to start the day. New year. You know, let's be healthy. And I actually think that bagels and co is a good bagel option for you. If you're, if you're leaning into those resolutions, because Let's say you're like allotting yourself uh, like one bagel a week or something like that. Hmm. Might as well get bang for your buck. Get a huge bagel. Mm, I like that. Which they have at Bagels & Co. And it's cost affordable. So if part of your resolution is to spend less money, Bagels & Co. has you on that front as well. Bagels & Co. is bringing you Brooklyn-style bagels made in Philly. And as I said, they've got these, these enormous bagels. They've got 15 to 20 different types to choose from daily They've got their seasonal bagels. They've got a large variety of cream cheeses and schmears. And as I said, they are affordable. They have, you know, they've talked about this. Should we raise our prices? But no, they want to be an everyday brand and not some high-end place you go to to splurge on the weekends. Bagels & Co. Is, is hooking you up. So for the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly, go to www.thebagelsandco.com store dash locator to find the closest bagels and co near you hook yourself up all right zach uh anything else on your mind before we we get fletcher in here no no, this is gonna be a a a fun conversation tomorrow in these next few days the eagles are back at practice tomorrow we are on before that they're they have a uh, 10 o'clock show tomorrow a walkthrough will monitor the Devontae smith injury will monitor the uh, status of uh, Avante Maddox. We didn't get into Hassan Reddick dropping so much today. We can do that 
uh, tomorrow or later on this this week. But uh, just real quick, because we did mention it on the show afterwards, I I looked at the numbers. Hassan Reddick dropped more into coverage uh, in this game than any time in his Eagles career, and he took a uh, he took his his few his lowest percentage of not his his fewest snaps, but his lowest percentage of pass rush snaps in his time with the Eagles. And because it was it was kind of framed, I asked Sirianni about this the other day, and Sirianni said they he's he's paid to rush the quarterback. They need to rush the quarterback. He said other than those seven times he was rushing the quarterback. The thing is this: Arizona ran the ball a lot. They didn't have a lot of dropbacks. So when you just look at the amount of actual right like, seven of those is my yeah exactly. exactly. So it's 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 not like. Seven out of fifty snaps that 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 uh that that he dropped back. Oh, I'm sorry that he dropped in the coverage. It's seven out of the amount of Kyler Murray dropbacks. So that's something to yeah. keep in mind. All right. Uh, well, with that in mind, we uh, are going to pivot now. We talked to Fletcher Cox just before the show started. We're going to listen to that now, and then uh, we'll we'll talk to you tomorrow. So enjoy that from Big Fletch. All right. Join now. By the captain himself, Fletcher Cox, from his home. Fletcher, how you how you feeling these days? Uh, I'm a little sore this time of the year, uh, as you can see. Um, I'm just still hanging out at the house right now. You know, um, besides that, you know, everything's going to take care of itself. You know, uh, you know the fan base. You have dealt with it for a long time. You know how they are probably feeling after after this loss. Uh, how different is it for you guys in the building? What What is sort of the temperature of, of the team at, at this moment? Well, uh, Coach gave us off yesterday, and uh, obviously Tuesday is our normal days off. So uh, he we was actually not, to, uh, you know, he, he gave us a days off and some time, um, which, you know, I respect because, you know, I think as, as a leader, as a captain, as a guy that's been in this city for a long time, we need to think about what, you know, what went wrong on, on Sunday at 1 o'clock, you know. Uh, was it embarrassing? Uh, it, it was. You know, uh, to say the least, uh, was not expecting the outcome of it. Uh, but uh, you know, it's just, we, we've been taking it on the chin lately, and uh, we got to get better. Fletch, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, you the the way the Cardinals played was not what any of us expected. Uh, what was the biggest issue on defense and the run defense in particular? I don't know. Uh, that, that's that's that's. That's a tough one. You know, I think we gave up, what, 200-some yards on the ground, uh, uh, which to me is, is, you know, completely embarrassing. Uh, as a player, uh, I first need to go go back and really uh, evaluate myself uh, and and uh, and see what I could have done better. Um, what, could, what, what could I have done better during the week? Um, go back and look at the way that I prepared for the game and, and then take it from there. Yeah, I think I think the the run defense is is something that obviously everybody is talking about. We saw some different things in this game. Trying, you know, a lot of those five man fronts, uh, which which I guess were not as effective as as uh, they may have been intended to be. How does the run defense get better? I know you talked about it a little bit, but is it is that just sort of like, you know, every man has to step up on his own, or is there some scheme stuff that can be done? No, that's going to be the mentality. You know, there's no scheme, there's no magic calls. There's going to be nothing special that that Matty P is going to call uh, in this upcoming game that's that's going to you know magically happen and change things. You know, stopping the run is an attitude. Uh, you know, and, and you know I, I feel embarrassed uh, myself and and um, to let a team come come you know come in our house and 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 rush for 200 plus yards and almost 500 yards of offense. You know, um, so uh, there's going to be an attitude. It's stopping the run is an attitude, and our attitude. You know, I think as a team, what needs to change if we as a defense, um, if we want to fix this and, and make a run at this, you know, you know, we dug ourselves from this hole right now. Look like looks like we're going on the road, um, so we got to you know see see how the how the chips fall. I know there weren't as many dropbacks as there typically might be, but in these past three games, uh, you guys have have four sacks. What needs to be done to get the pass rush going? We just got to win our one on ones. You know, everybody just got to check their box. You know, uh, the, all the good players, including myself, got to got to be good. Uh, when, you know, we can't let these offenses frustrate us by getting the ball out quick, straining us. Uh, and the, the biggest thing for us also, too, is if we're going to rush, we've got to get teams in second and, you know, second and that second and pass, you know, third and pass, uh, and not in second and two to three and third and two to three to four to five, where, you know, the playbook's kind of open. So uh, we, we just got to be better, include, me, myself included, which I never ex- exclude myself from anything because, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a guy in that locker room, too, and, and uh, I know we'll be better. 
the flip side there, Fletch, is like you get the the third and longs have been historically, you know, not very good for the for the team this year, especially compared to how good you guys were on on third down defense last year. Is that another thing that is just like you, you have to sort of hope that everybody can take it upon themselves to to just do a better job individually? I mean, I know we, we, collectively we all be better, right? And I know individually each guy is going to challenge themselves. Uh, which I know coach will challenge everybody. Uh, everybody going to challenge themselves, look themselves in the mirror. Um, and, you know, and, and you know, to my, my, me, myself, you know, I, what I do is, you know, I don't take this finger and do that. I take this finger and do this. I point it at myself. Uh, I'm real with myself. I'm honest with myself. And, you know, it's, I got to be part of, of helping us fix the problems that we have. That was good camera work too. You really, that was professionally done. Yeah, you got to take it from here and just point it at myself. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, then and, and and to build on that, that's that's part of the thing I'm I'm seeing too. You know, when when uh, when there's frustrated players, and, and you know there are frustrated players in there. Uh, sometimes the perception is is that is that they're frustrated at at like other people. Whereas what I see often is they're frustrated because they want to be the ones who can fix it. Like they want more opportunities or they want to be in that position to fix it. How do you address the the frustration that might be building given the fact that you guys are struggling right now? Well, the thing is, is you, you find a guy, you grab a guy that's, that's frustrated with, with anything, you know, it could be, you know, whatever, you know, they don't feel like they're getting enough chances and, um, you know, you, you just grab them and talk to them, right? Um, you know, just – I always tell myself, and I might say this wrong. I think um, Coach Coach T Rock always said, "Just go be the reason why we win it, right? Don't be the reason why we're losing. Mm-hmm. You know, be a part of it, right? Be a part of the team. It's about us." Uh, and and then and that's what this guy stick to doing, right? We've lo- we won eleven games, we've lost five games, we've lost to, let's be honest, two of the worst teams in the NFL. You know, and those are games that we started slow, uh, and. You know, they just kind of hang hang around and hang around. And I heard a long time ago, you let bad you let bad teams hang around, bad things happen. You know, and 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 that's that's the honest God, the truth. You know, uh, but we got to be better. Um, and uh, and, and uh, you know, we will. Zach talked about the the player frustration, and and we talked about how well you know this fan base, and you know that when when the team is struggling like it is over the past month, some of the focus goes to the coaching staff, and you know, do do they have what it takes to help turn this thing around? For you as a player in the locker room, what is your like reaction to the focus being put on on Nick? Like, does Nick still have the pulse of the team? He absolutely. He he always got the pulse of the team. You know, you know every player in, the, in that in that locker room in that building, you know, they respect him a lot. And I know Nick will have a good message for us tomorrow uh, about us sticking together. Um, you know, not singling nobody out, um, holding everybody accountable, keeping this team together. Because hey, listen, we still got a chance at this thing, right? But it's got to probably going to have to be done on the road. Uh, I know the, I know the fans are upset. Um, you know, we, you know, apologize to them because they, we got the best fans and, you know, in sports, you know, don't mind what the sport is. We got the best fan in sports. And, you know, like I just said, man, we, we, we put ourselves in this hole and now we got to try to do this thing on the road. And, and to build on that, you can always count on, you know, Brandon Graham, as, as you know, for kind of like the, the uh, positive spin on, on some of these things. And what he was saying in the locker room, after the game is that once you get in the, in the, in the playoffs, it's like zero and zero, you know, everything resets, um, in your experience. And, and you've had a lot of different postseasons. Uh, does it matter how you play going into it? Or is it the type of thing that, that, that once you're there, everyone starts over and it's, it's just who plays better for that final month. Absolutely. Um, it is, that's what it's about. You know, look at us a couple of years ago where, you know, we had a chance to, to kind of, you know, to, to kind of go back to the NFC championship, you know, uh, we won won a game on the road, came close um, to winning the division around against New Orleans. You know, we were like one or two plays away from there, uh, from from going back to a you know a, a, a you know a, um, a, a conference championship. So, you know, those are things that that you look at. Those are things you think about. And I think you know with this team having to do this on the road, I think it's going to bring us so much more and more closer, um, knowing how focused we have to be, um, knowing that we're going to be you know always. Uh, going on the road and and having you know to deal with the, uh, another team's home crowd, uh, we just got to silence the noise, uh, focus on us. You know, once we get in this playoffs, make it zero and zero, like BG said, and, and look at all the positive from it. Take all the positive from from this long season that, and this journey that we've been on the last month. Uh, sit back, you know, and, and enjoy it, right? But take it into the postseason and take all the positive things and get back on the road. With with this Sunday in mind, and you know thinking that you are probably going to be on the road in the playoffs unless the Cowboys lose to the commanders. Is there a part of you that is like, should we 
like the the veterans on this team, we might need the rest this week, or do you want to go out there and, and play against the Giants? That's not my call. That's not my call at all. You're not going to no, say no I'm to sure race. We'll I guess. <laughs> I'm not definitely won't say no to race, <laughs> especially not at this this part of the season. But uh, sure. like I said, we we did this to ourselves, and uh, now we got we got to face the consequences. And and uh, as a, as a follow up to that, you guys have have been in situations before where another game going on at the same time kind of determines things. I think back to, I think it was Washington in 2018, maybe. Are you the type that is keeping your eye on, you know, the, the scoreboard to see what's happening in that Washington-Dallas game? Or are, are you only going to find out if someone tells you or at the time you walk into the locker room after the game? All right, let's be honest. They're not going to be showing that score update okay. uh, at MetLife. <laughs> they definitely won't be showing they they definitely won't be showing that so uh you know um i hope sam Howell's plays was on fire and uh and have a good game and then in the playoffs the good news is you get big dom back on the sidelines oh man that's, that is it's really good to gonna be good to see him on the sidelines and uh, i know it's been killing him these last few having many games um uh, but uh uh, we're looking forward to getting him back on the sidelines and uh you know getting basically get this team back to where it needs to be to the level to the, to the level of uh you know a play that we know we can play it all right well fletch thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to join us this week good luck on sunday and we will talk to you uh talk to you next tuesday all right man thank you y'all take care and that'll do it for this episode of the phly eagles podcast thanks to everybody for listening and joining today's episode thank you to baldy and fletcher cox for taking the time thanks to julia for producing for zach I am Bo. We will talk to you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Bright and early, a Zach special. We look forward to that. And until then, we'll talk to you later. As always, we love you. 